Section 25 of A Popular History of France, Volume 4. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Recording by Cathy Barrett. A Popular History of France from the Earliest Times, Volume 4, by François Guizot. Translated by Robert Black. Chapter 30. Francis I and the Reformation. Part 5. Search has been made to discover whether the assertion of the bourgeois de Paris has any foundation, whether Pope Paul III really did write in June 1535 the letter attributed to him, and whether its effect was that the king wrote to Parliament not to proceed against the reformers, quote, with such rigor, end quote. No proof has, however, been obtained as to the authenticity of the Pope's letter, and in any case it was not very effectual, for the same bourgeois de Paris reports that in September 1535, three months after that, according to him it was written, two fellows, makers of silk ribbons and tissues, were burned all alive, one in the Place Maubert and the other in St. John's Cemetery, as Lutherans, which they were they had handed over to their host at paris some lutheran books to take care of saying keep this book for us while we go into the city and show it to nobody when they were gone this host was not able to refrain from showing this book to a certain priest the which after having looked at it said incontinently this is a very wicked book and proscribed then the said host went to the commissioner of police to reveal that he had such and such a book of such and one the which sent forthwith to the house of the said host to take off and carry the said two fellows to the Châtelet. Being questioned, they confessed the state of the case. Whereupon, by sentence of the said commissioner, confirmed by decree, quote, they made honourable amends in front of the church of Notre-Dame de Paris, had their tongues cut out, and were burned all alive and with unshaken obstinacy, end quote proceedings and executions then did not cease even in the case of the most humble class of reformers and at the very moment when francis i was exerting himself to win over the protestants of germany with the cry of conciliation and re-establishment of harmony in the church melancon Busser, and luther himself had allowed themselves to be tempted by the prospect but the german politicians princes and counsellors were more clear-sighted Quote, we at augsburg wrote seiler deputy from that city know the king of france well he cares very little for religion or even for morality he plays the hypocrite with the pope and gives the germans the smooth side of his tongue thinking of nothing but how to cheat them of the hopes he gives them his only aim is to crush the emperor the attempt of Francis I thus failed, first in Germany, and then at Paris also, where the Sorbonne was not disposed, any more than the German politicians were, to listen to any talk about a specious conciliation. And the persecution resumed its course in France, paving the way for civil war. The last and most atrocious act of persecution in the reign of Francis I was directed not against isolated individuals, but against a whole population harried despoiled and banished or exterminated on account of heresy about the year fifteen twenty five small churches of reformers began to assume organization between the alps and the jura something was there said about christians who belonged to the reformation without ever having been reformed it was said that in certain valleys of the piedmontese alps and dauphiny and in certain quarters of provence there were to be found believers who for several centuries had recognized no authority save that of the holy scriptures some called them vaudians or valdensians others poor of lyon others lutherans the rumor of the reformation was heard in their valleys and created a lively emotion amongst them 
one of them determined to go and see what this reformation was and he returned to his valleys with good news and with pious books regular relations were from that time established between the reformers of switzerland france and germany and the christian shepherds of these mountains visits were exchanged farrell and saunier went amongst the vaudians and conversed with them about their common faith common in spite of certain differences rustic conferences composed of the principal landholders barbas or pastors and simple members of the faithful met more than once in the open air under the pines of their mountains the vaudians of provence had been settled there since the end of the thirteenth century and in the course of the fourteenth other vaudians from dauphiny and even from calabria had come thither to join them quote, quote, their barbas says a contemporary monk used to preside at their exercises of religion which were performed in secret as they were observed to be quiet and circumspect as they faithfully paid taxes tithe and seigneurial dues and as they were besides very laborious they were not troubled on the score of their habits and doctrines their new friends from switzerland and germany reproached them with concealment of their faith and worship as soon as they had overtly separated from the roman church persecution began francis i checked its first excesses but it soon began again the episcopal prisons were filled with vaudians who bristled at the summons to abjure and on the twenty ninth of march fifteen thirty five thirteen of them were sentenced to be burned alive pope paul the third complained to francis i of their obstinacy the king wrote about it to the parliament of esch the parliament ordered the lords of the lands occupied by the vaudians to force their vassals to abjure or leave the country when cited to appear before the court of esch to explain the grounds of their refusal several declined the court sentenced them in default to be burned alive their friends took up arms and went to deliver the prisoners merindol was understood to be the principal retreat of the sectaries by decree of november eighteen fifteen forty the parliament ordered that quote, the houses should be demolished and razed to the ground the cellars filled up the woods cut down the trees of the gardens torn up and that the lands of those who had lived in merindol should not be able to be farmed out to anybody whatever of their family or name in the region of parliament itself complaints were raised against such hardships the premier president barthelemy chasseneux was touched and adjourned the execution of the decree the king commissioned william du bellet to examine into the facts the report of du bellet was favourable to the vaudians as honest laborious and charitable farmers discharging all the duties of civil life but at the same time he acknowledged that they did not conform to the laws of the church that they did not recognize the pope or the bishops that they prayed in the vulgar tongue and that they were in the habit of choosing certain persons from amongst themselves to be their pastors on this report francis i by a declaration of february eighteenth fifteen forty one pardoned the vaudians for all that had been irregular in their conduct on condition that within the space of three months they should abjure their errors and he ordered the parliament to send to esch deputies from their towns burghs and villages to make abjuration in the name of all at the same time authorizing the parliament to punish according to the ordinances those who should refuse to obey and to make use if need were of the services of the soldiery thus persecuted and condemned for their mere faith undemonstrative as it was the vaudians confined themselves to asking that it might be examined and its errors pointed out those of merindol and those of cabrières in the countship of venasque drew up their profession of faith and sent it to the king and to two bishops of the province cardinal sadolet bishop of carpentras and john dorandy bishop of cavaillon 
whose equity and moderation inspired them with some confidence. Cardinal Salolet did not belie their expectation. He received them with kindness, discussed with them their profession of faith, pointed out to them diverse articles which might be remodelled without disavowing the basis of their creed, and assured them that it would always be against his sentiments to have them treated as enemies. Quote, I am astonished, he wrote to the Pope, that these folks should be persecuted when the Jews are spared. End quote. The Bishop of Cavaillon testified towards them a favor less unalloyed. Quote, I was quite sure, said he, that there was not so much mischief amongst you as was supposed. However, to calm men's minds, it is necessary that you should submit to a certain appearance of abjuration. Quote, but what would you have us abjure if we are already within the truth? Quote, it is but a simple formality that I demand of you. I do not require in your case notary or signature. If you are unwilling to assent to this abjuration, none can argue you into it. Quote, we are plain men, Monseigneur. We are unwilling to do anything to which we cannot assent. End quote. And they persisted in their refusal to abjure. Cardinal Sadolet was summoned to Rome, and the premier president Chasseneux died suddenly. His successor, John de Meignier, baron of Oped, was a violent man, passionately bigoted, and moreover, it is said, a personal enemy of the Vaudians of Cabrières, on which his estates bordered. He recommenced against them a persecution which was at first covert. They had found protectors in Switzerland and in Germany. At the instance of Calvin, the Swiss Protestant cantons and the German princes assembled at Schmalkalden wrote to Francis I in their favour. It was to his interest to humour the Protestants of Germany, and that fact turned out to the advantage of the Vaudians of Provence, and on the 14th of June, 1544, he issued an edict which, suspending the proceedings commenced against them, restored to them their privileges, and ordered such of them as were prisoners to be set at large, quote, and as the Attorney-General of Provence, End quote. It goes on to say, quote, is related to the Archbishop of Esch, their sworn enemy, there will be sent in his place a counsellor of the court for to inform me of their innocence. End quote. But some months later the peace of Crespi was made, and Francis I felt no longer the same solicitude about humouring the Protestants of Switzerland and Germany. Baron Doped zealously resumed his work against the Vaudians. He accused them of intriguing with foreign reformers and of designing to raise 15,000 men to surprise Marseilles and form Provence into a republic. On the 1st of January, 1545, Francis I signed, without reading it, they say, the revocation of his edict of 1544, and ordered execution of the decree issued by the Parliament of Esch, dated November 18, 1540, on the subject of the Vaudians, quote, notwithstanding all letters of grace posterior to that epoch, and ordered the governor of the province to give, for that purpose, the assistance of the strong hand to justice, end quote. The duty of assisting justice was assigned to Baron Doped, and from the 7th to the 25th of April, 1545, two columns of troops, under the orders respectively of Oped himself and Baron de la Garde, ravaged with fire and sword the three districts of Merindol, Cabrière, and Lacoste, which were peopled chiefly by Vaudians. We shrink from describing in detail all the horrors committed against a population without any means of self-defense by troops giving free rein to their brutal passions and gratifying the hateful passions of their leaders. In the end, three small towns and twenty-two villages were completely sacked. 
seven hundred and sixty-three houses eighty-nine cattle sheds and thirty-one barns burned three thousand persons massacred two hundred and fifty-five executed subsequently to the massacre after a mockery of trial six or seven hundred sent to the galleys many children sold for slaves and the victors on retiring left behind them a double ordinance from the parliament of esch and the vice-legate of avignon dated the twenty fourth of april fifteen forty five forbidding quote, that any one on pain of death should dare to give asylum aid or succour or furnish money or victuals to any vaudian or heretic End quote it is said that francis i when near his end repented of this odious extermination of a small population which with his usual fickleness and carelessness he had at one time protected and at another abandoned to its enemies amongst his last words to his son henry the second was an exhortation to cause an inquiry to be made into the iniquities committed by the parliament of esch in this instance it will be seen at the opening of henry the second's reign what was the result of this exhortation of his father's calvin was lately mentioned as having pleaded the cause of the vaudians in fifteen forty four amongst the protestants of switzerland and germany it was from geneva where he had lived and been the dominant spirit for many years that the french reformer had exercised such influence over the chiefs of the german reformation in favour of that small population whose creed and morals had anticipated by several centuries the reformation in the sixteenth century he was born in fifteen o nine at noyon in picardy was brought up in the bosom of the catholic church and held a cure in fifteen twenty seven at pont l'eveque where he preached several times quote, joyous and almost proud as he said himself that a single dissertation had brought me a cure in fifteen thirty four study meditation on the gospels discussion of the religious and moral questions raised on every side and the free atmosphere of the new spirit that was abroad changed his convictions and his resolves he abandoned the career of the law as well as that of the established church resigned his cure at pont l'eveque and devoted himself entirely to the work of the nascent and much opposed reformation having a mind that was judicious and free from illusion in the very heat of passion he soon saw to what an extent the success of the reformation in france was difficult and problematical in fifteen thirty five impressed by the obstacles it met with even more than by the dangers it evoked he resolved to leave his country and go else whither in search of security liberty and the possibility of defending a cause which became the dearer to him in proportion as it was the more persecuted he had too much sagacity not to perceive that he was rapidly exhausting his various places of asylum queen marguerite of navarre was unwilling to try too far the temper of the king her brother canon louis du tillet was a little fearful lest his splendid library should be somewhat endangered through the use made of it by his guest who went about arguing or preaching in the vicinity of angouleme the queen's almoner gerard roussel considered that calvin was going too far and grew apprehensive lest if the reformation should completely succeed it might suppress the bishopric of oleron which he desired and which indeed he at a later period obtained lefebvre of etaples who was the most of all in sympathy with calvin was seventy-nine years old and had made up his mind to pass his last days in peace calvin quitted angouleme and nerac and went to pass some time at poitiers where the friends of the reformation assembling round him and hanging upon his words for the first time celebrated the lord's supper in a grotto close to the town which still goes by the name of calvin's grotto 
being soon obliged to leave poitiers calvin went to orleans then secretly to paris then to noyon to see his family once more and set out at last for strasbourg already one of the strongholds of the reformation where he had friends amongst others the learned Busser, with whom he had kept up a constant correspondence he arrived there at the beginning of the year fifteen thirty five but it was not at strasbourg that he took up his quarters he preferred Bâle, where also there was a reunion of men of letters, scholars, and celebrated printers, Erasmus, Simon Grinet, or Grimius, and the Frobens, and where Calvin calculated upon finding the leisure and aid he required for executing the great work he had been for some time contemplating, his Institution de la Religion Chrétienne, or Christian Institutes. This would not be the place, and we have no intention, to sum up the religious doctrines of that book we might challenge many of them as contrary to the true meaning and moral tendency of christianity but we desire to set in a clear light their distinctive and original characteristics which are those of calvin himself in the midst of his age these characteristics are revealed in the preface and even in the dedication of the book it is to francis i the persecutor of the french reformers during one of the most cruel stages of the persecution and at the very moment when he had just left his own country in order that he may live in security and speak with freedom that calvin dedicates his work Quote, do not imagine he says to the king that i am attempting here my own special defence in order to obtain permission to return to the country of my birth from which although i fear for it such human affection as is my bounden duty yet as things are now i do not suffer any great anguish at being cut off but i am taking up the cause of all the faithful and even that of christ which is in these days so mangled and downtrodden in your kingdom that it seems to be in a desperate plight and this has no doubt come to pass rather through the tyranny of certain pharisees than of your own free will calvin was at the same time the boldest and the least revolutionary amongst the innovators of the sixteenth century bold as a christian thinker but full of deference and consideration towards authority even when he was flagrantly withdrawing himself from it the idea of his book was at first exclusively religious and intended for the bulk of the french reformers but at the moment when calvin is about to publish it prudence and policy recur to his mind and it is to the king of france that he addresses himself it is the authority of the royal persecutor that he invokes it is the reason of francis i that he attempts to convince he acts like a respectful and faithful subject as well as an independent and innovating christian End of section twenty five